I feel like I've been living in a state of hypervigilance for the last at least three years, like since I kind of permanently left Toronto and left my job, not left, got fired, whatever, um, as a food writer and, you know, got dropped from all of these cushy positions and realized that people could not realize, but saw it firsthand that people could like really turn on you and like really hurt you even though you didn't really do anything to them um I have lived almost constantly in a state of hyper awareness hyper vigilance and subconsciously and consciously always been on the lookout for cues that I'm safe my brain has consistently looked for cues from the people around me that they like me that they approve of me from cute like looks for cues from my environment that I'm safe that I'm good here that nothing bad is going to happen to me and that might sound dramatic obviously people go through a lot more trauma than I've been through in my life I'm not saying like oh woe is me please feel sorry for me and this state of hypervigilance I think is also something it doesn't just happen overnight it's a, a lifetime of little it's a shit that happens to you but unfortunately in most of our lifetimes a lot of shit happens to most of us and it's exhausting it's it's been exhausting and hopefully other people can relate to this because Previously, when I've when I'd heard of this term regulating your nervous system or when I've heard of that idea, I would always roll my eyes and be like, "Okay, I don't really care about that. I'm literally just trying to, like, get through the day. I'm literally just trying to, like, pay my bills and not have a mental breakdown today. At best, maybe I'll meditate for like two minutes. Um, Maybe I'll say a couple prayers and like we're just we need to just push through like. I need to push through. I need to like survive. I need to keep it moving. I need to try and be productive to like achieve my goals in some way. I don't even know if I know how I'm going to do it, but that's what I need to do. So this whole regulating your nervous system thing, like that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me and I'm not about to waste my time doing that. However, recently it's a concept that I've been thinking about a lot and I'm struggling with how to even talk about it without sounding like I'm talking about a bunch of bullshit. So I will put out this disclaimer before we even get into it. I don't really know what I'm talking about here. I'm just going to speak from my own experience and my own beliefs and what has been helping me and what I'm currently working on. So I hope that helps somebody else. But essentially when your nervous system isn't regulated, It is incredibly exhausting just to be alive. It is incredibly exhausting just to be around people sometimes, even if those people are like friends or family or maybe especially family, because that's where a lot of, you know, early childhood trauma and stuff like that fucking comes from, because those are the people that were around from the beginning. But the reason that it's exhausting is because you are living in a state of hypervigilance. You are living like me of like constantly looking for signals that you are safe. You're looking for every cue from people around you to indicate if they like you, if, if they approve of you, if they are going to turn their backs on you, if something bad is going to happen to you. And so what happens, unfortunately, is like, we as humans, we as people, our brains are very productive. At least I believe we're very productive. We have thousands, millions of thoughts every day. 
we are constantly sifting through so much different information to try and like formulate the best possible outcome and what we could do next. And even if we're just sitting on the couch, we're having so many thoughts. I mean, unless you're having no thoughts, just vibes, which was my goal last year. It didn't really work out for me, but you know, that's another story, but we're so productive, right? But when you're living in this state of like hypervigilance and hyper-awareness, which I think a lot of us are without even realizing it, what you're doing by accident is you're taking that potential productivity and you're making it a negative thing. And so instead of being productive in a good way and working on your goals and even working on like positive thoughts and manifesting good shit into your life, you are constantly in this feedback loop of thinking about all the negative things and looking for cues and things that of that could go wrong and that are going wrong. And you're stuck in this state of hyper awareness and terrible productivity because you're fixated on all the wrong fucking things. And so a lot of us get into this state, at least for me, where we live with this idea that like we should be more productive, right? We should be like Andrew Tate, who's in like prison in Romania. And he says he did like 10,000 push-ups, and he's walking a hundred miles a day in prison and he's so productive. And if you can't be productive like him and you're not in prison, then like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But it is extremely, excruciatingly difficult to be productive in a good way when you are by accident, but also on purpose, but also like it's it's with no fault of your own when you can't get out of this negative feedback loop in your own brain, it is extremely difficult to pry yourself out of that and actually be productive in positive ways. And so while we live, all of us live under this umbrella of like, we should be more productive. What I think also needs to be addressed in the conversation that needs to be had more often is like, what is going on within ourselves, within our nervous systems that is preventing us from actually being productive? Because there's only so much you can do when you are living constantly in a state of fear of fight or flight, of looking for approval and validation from the people around you, that is going to take a lot of mental energy to push through. And even when you do push through, if you are able to push through more often than not, when you have all this other shit going on within you, you're going to drive yourself into a state of exhaustion and sickness. You're not going to be like in the healthiest state that you could possibly be in if you're just like burying all of this trauma and shit that's been going on with you and you're just pushing through just to get through the day. And obviously like sickness and exhaustion and stuff, there are so many deep fucking rooted causes of it, especially sickness. Like we live in a world where like the food is toxic. Most of our cities are designed like fucking hellscapes where we have to drive everywhere. And like you have to pay for your car insurance and do all this bullshit. Like you're isolated from your community. It's not like we're living in any sort of utopia. So like the exhaustion and the sickness, it's, you can't just fix it all from within yourself, but you have to start somewhere. And I think that, well, because we can control whatever is going on with us, we might as well just start here, I guess, because ultimately, if you are able to regulate your nervous system, and we're going to get into what that even means, the goal is that you will have a more productive life because the brain fog and the fuzziness of your mind that happens, like I'm even experiencing it right now as I'm trying to articulate what I'm thinking because I'm like panicked about 
I don't even know so many things. I'm panicked about somebody who didn't text me back last night. I'm panicked about a job that might or might not be mine. I'm panicked about so many external things that are like kind of out of my control, but that's a bigger story even. But like when you are in this frayed sense of self, it is so difficult to be productive. And so if we can learn to regulate that, we will have better lives and lives that are more productive in positive ways. And even bigger than that, even bigger than ourselves. One of the reasons why I have been thinking about this more often recently is because, and I learned this on TikTok as I do with so many other things, young children usually co-regulate their nervous systems to their caregivers. So if you were around like me, I mean, I don't know if as a kid, you were around adults who were also constantly in a state of fight or flight, who were also constantly dealing with so many of their own struggles and looking for signs from their environment that they were safe. You probably subconsciously picked up some of that and That is actually a really scary thing that can happen to children because it is extremely dangerous as a child to believe that your caregivers are not capable of taking care of you. Let me say that again. If you're a kid, you can't take care of yourself. If you're a baby, it is extremely dangerous to realize or to think that the people responsible for taking care of you are not capable of it. And so what happens is this adaptive belief that I've been reading about a lot that is so interesting, that is so tragic, that is so common, and I hope this helps somebody. Instead of thinking that there's something wrong with your caregivers, it's a lot safer for us to believe that there is something wrong with us. That's extremely damaging as a child, if you think there's something wrong with you, it's a belief that most of us carry into adulthood, but it's a belief that helps you survive because it helps you feel safe in the environment that you are being brought up in. And what that belief is called is a fatal flaw belief. It's this idea that there is something deeply inherently wrong with you that you more often than not, if you take this on as a child, will carry with you through adulthood. And that is part of the reason why a lot of us, uh, why if you have this thing, if maybe this is something that is, I don't know, you've carried with you, it's hard for you to get into relationships because you are terrified of getting too close to people because you don't want them to see this fatal flaw that you believe is within you. If that makes sense to you, I don't know. I hope it does. But I, when I heard about this, when I learned about this, like, I felt like my third eye was fucking open. I'm like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. I have walked around feeling like there is like something wrong with me for so long. And I haven't wanted anyone like subconsciously. I've been so scared to like, let somebody actually close to me and like, see the whole version of me for so long now. And I have to chalk it up to, or, or, I mean, when I learned about this fatal flaw thing, everything just clicked and made so much more sense to me. And it's so sad. And so now I'm a mom and I'm looking at my baby and I'm thinking like, if I can do anything, and I've started off on a terrible foot already with my whole baby daddy situation, the horrible, horrible foot. But if I can do anything 
my biggest goal is to give my daughter a childhood that she doesn't have to heal from, to give my daughter a childhood where she believes that the caregivers around her are capable of taking care of her, where she doesn't, you know, inherit or develop this fatal flaw belief that there's something wrong with her because there's nothing wrong with her. It's the adults around her. And so if you have small children also, or if you're thinking about having small like kids or babies or whatever, I feel like understanding your own nervous system and your own beliefs and doubts and hesitations and where they come from is so fucking important, especially if you're going to be around kids and having to provide for kids because they, for better or worse, are going to end up mirroring the shit that you have going on. And I don't want to keep passing this like unregulated nervous system down from generation to generation. And often it's not... It's not like your parents' fault, your grandparents' fault, or your babysitter's fault. Like, I had a babysitter that literally would hit me. I mean, it was like the 90s, early 2000s. I don't know. I guess I feel like that doesn't make... I hope it doesn't happen anymore, but like, that's what happened when I was growing up. And not to remove responsibility from that adult and those adults, but like they also had a lot of unresolved trauma and shit that they were probably going through. They didn't have TikTok to teach them about their unregulated nervous system. They didn't have like better help online therapy, which is bullshit, but I tried it once. It was not good. Maybe I just had the wrong therapist, whatever. But they didn't have these tools. They were just trying to survive. They were like, yet again, in a state of fight or flight. So it's not you know, necessarily the adult's fault all the time. But if you have the resources to understand what is going on with you, then it is your fault. And you should actually, you know, take some time to reflect and figure out how you can be calmer and in a better headspace to just take care of your kids. And unfortunately, a lot of the exercises that I have encountered so far when it comes to healing your nervous system, regulating your nervous system, whatever you want to call it. A lot of them are kind of bullshitty to me. Like there's a lot of kind of muscle exercises that you can do that are supposed to kind of take you out of your body or like you can stimulate your vagus vagus nerve, excuse me, by humming. And that's a nerve like within your chest to sort of like relax your body. You can do all of these kind of physical exercises that are supposed to kind of ground you. And maybe they work for some people and maybe I haven't been doing them for long enough to really see any results from them specifically. But another thing that I have um, read about and tried that a lot of people say helps is kind of random, but, but, and it also feels like okay, this isn't actually going to help a lifetime of trauma, but a lot of people say taking a cold shower because it also like grounds you in the present moment and like makes you snap back into like what's actually happening. Again, this is not going to heal a lifetime of trauma, but I actually have been taking cold showers recently just because I'm like, might as well try. Um, And some people swear that it helps them kind of just like regulate back into what's actually going on. I'm not sure how much it's helping me regulate my whole like inner ecosystem, but as a side note, there are a lot of benefits to cold showers, just like both physically and mentally. Um, If you're looking to like, I don't know, 
not necessarily lose weight, but kind of like tone up and lose like fat and just boost your metabolism and like decrease inflammation, which I feel like is something that I'm always trying to do. Um, cold showers and cold plunges. You guys have probably heard about like the benefits of like cold plunging and stuff like that, but it's super good for you. Um, it helps with like energy creation because what actually happens when you take a cold shower or a cold bath is that your body is prompted to create more brown fat and the difference your body has two types of fats in it brown fat and white fat and white fat is more just like I don't know um how to say this it's like lazy fat it's not really serving any function but brown fat is more um mitochondrial dense and so it has more ability to produce energy it's essentially it's actually the same fat that bears use to stay warm in the winter um and it's just like more a more active version of fat in your body and most of our bodies have a very small percentage of um, brown fat compared to white fat which is kind of like the lazy fat so if you want to I don't know boost your metabolism boost energy and all of that stuff it's more ideal to have a higher percentage of brown fat in your body compared to white fat but anyway besides that I had just never really considered the benefits of getting cold before. I was always like, I've always been like a sauna girl. I've always been like a super hot bath girl, a steam room girl. Like I love to just sweat out my entire life. So the idea of like getting cold on purpose seems very counterintuitive to me, but I keep seeing more and more getting cold, like cold plunges and all of that stuff, cryotherapy even um, popping up as a wellness trend which immediately makes me skeptical because everything that's a wellness trend costs like I don't know hundreds of dollars and you honestly can do this yourself at home by just like taking a cold shower or like putting some ice in a bathtub and sitting in it for a couple minutes but ultimately the goal and the reason why I do believe that it kind of helps with nervous system regulation to some extent obviously it's not going to like repair deep childhood trauma but it helps in the moment is when you get into a freezing cold shower or a freezing cold bath slash tub of ice, you are forced to kind of do long and controlled breaths and focus on your breathing and focus on what is happening to you in the moment, which by virtue of like your now long and controlled breaths, you are kind of almost by accident getting out of your fight or flight mode you're regulating your own breathing. You're being forced to regulate, regulate your own breathing, to be honest, because you can like feel your heart pumping. You can feel your skin, you know, freezing. Um, and so you're being forced to regulate yourself and by virtue of that, regulating your nervous system. And I have found this to be a bit helpful. What I've been doing recently is I'll take like a hot bath at night when I have time, when I can like pass the baby off to my mom for a little bit, put a lot of Epsom salt in there because that is good for drawing out heavy metals from your body. And then when I get out, I just like jump into um, my shower in the other bathroom and I make it like freezing cold and I stand under it for a few minutes. And when I get out, I feel more grounded and like calm than I have probably all day before then. But more than that and more than the muscle exercises, and by the way, you guys can look up like on YouTube, nervous system regulation exercises. There's so many. I just haven't really found any that I, I think really like are working for me or that like 
feel like they make the most sense. But the thing that I feel like is actually working is when I get into a state of panic, whether that is panic about, you know, not being texted back by somebody or like the future and what that looks like or putting too much weight and pressure on like one person to kind of help me do something and then not hearing back from them. And, you know, whatever the panic is about to focus instead on all of the good things that either have happened that day or that week or that hour, like to pull yourself out of the negativity and just have some gratitude for the good things that are going on. And I can always find like at least three or four, probably five good things that have happened in a day, even with days that go horribly wrong and are like just the trenches of, you know, newborn life or just whenever shit really hits the fan, you can usually find a few good things that have also happened. And if you can't find any that day, then look at that week or that year or something. And usually being able to focus on the positives and having gratitude for those things, not only I feel like opens you up to receiving a lot more better things coming your way, but also just helps me anyways, shift my mindset into one that is a little bit more calm because I've realized like, okay, maybe, you know, X, Y, and Z is not going my way right now. And I'm freaking out about it, but there are things that like are good. And that's like, everything isn't going to shit. There's still things to be grateful for. And that honestly, as corny as that might sound, has helped me more than any cold shower and more than any like moving your arm exercise that I have found online is just being grateful for the good things that are already in your life and trying to every day use one more brain cell to think about the good things versus the bad things. Obviously that's not a perfect solution, but fuck, what else can you do? But other than that, it is Sunday today. I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. I was going to take my mom and my daughter out for like a little lunch situation and like get cute and take pictures because I've just been like, I don't know. I feel like I've been looking like a troll and just not making enough memories in my life recently. Um, But I don't know if that's actually going to happen anymore. And also... I recently started, I hope that this whole podcast also isn't leaning too heavily on the like something healthy part of it, like always talking about different health trends, even though as I, you know, maneuver through motherhood, especially early motherhood, this stuff has just been interesting to me. So I hope it's interesting to you. But anyway, I was looking at like clean makeup and stuff is just a topic that I've always tried to avoid because frankly, I actually really like drugstore makeup and I feel like often it works better than expensive makeup. And I am just like a Maybelline fit me foundation girl. I have been since I was 12 years old, like leave me alone. That's what I like to use. And like, I'm a L'Oreal mascara. I'm a, I'm, I like drugstore makeup. There's a few things that I like that are designer expensive makeup, but like, I like drugstore makeup. And frankly, I like going to Walmart or CVS and like buying makeup. I think it's fun. And I like that I can get the stuff that I actually enjoy using for, you know, five to $10, depending on the product. But recently I was confronted with the rude, rude realization that there is like talc, which is literally like a carcinogen and causes cancer in like almost all of the makeup products that I use like every day. 
Um, which is fun because here I am thinking that I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, drinking my chia seed smoothies and, and I'm, you know, I, I only use natural deodorant and I take my magnesium baths and I'm doing all these things. And then I'm like literally putting fucking cancer powder on my face every day. Like, oopsies. But anyway, you can't win them all. Um, and now I'm like, I'm still going to use my drugstore makeup for now. Cause like I have it, I'm not about to throw everything away and like order $500 worth of new makeup because like makeup is expensive. Like when you're buying the quote unquote good stuff, um, especially the like clean versions of, of products. So I'm not about to do that, but I also now have this like underlying paranoia about like putting my makeup on my face. So I'm not really sure how we get out of this. <laughs> my birthday is coming up and I was thinking like, what do I want for my birthday? Like, okay, I want new makeup. I want clean makeup so I can just like, I don't know, start to like experiment with that world. I've honestly never used a clean makeup product in my life. So I have no idea like what they're like, if they're better, if they're worse, how they work. I don't know. Um, I do know that I feel like I need to get better at doing my makeup recently because I'm getting older and like the way that people have done their makeup has changed. And I feel like I've been doing my makeup the same since like 2006. Um, but I think like the way I do my makeup really was cemented in about 2016 and it hasn't changed since if I'm being completely honest. So, um, we need to get better at that, but also my birthday is coming up. And so I was thinking like, what do I want for my birthday? I want all new makeup. I don't know who's getting me that because I have like no friends and um, my mom isn't getting me anything and whatever. So maybe I'll get that for myself, but like, I can't really get it for myself because uh, all the money I have is going to my baby. But anyway, and I was like, what else do I want for my birthday? Um, let me see. And then the list started to get like really dark. I was like, I want joy. I want to be engaged. I want like, and this might sound crazy because I was just pregnant, but I was like, I want like a brother for my daughter kind of like, I want all of these things that like, if I were to um, make a list and post it publicly, I would look like a desperate, crazy bitch. Um, so I did make a list and post it publicly on TikTok because uh, yeah. <laughs> So maybe I will look into clean makeup products a little bit more and we can talk more about them another time. But other than that, I hope you guys have a good Sunday. Um, I'm about to go put some talc powder on my face and I love you all very much.